Hey, it's Fatma Sayed, the host of The Backbench. This week, instead of our usual panel discussions, we want to bring you something different. An in-depth conversation with a People's Party of Canada voter. A day one convert who helped set up and run his writing association in Alberta. But we'll get into all of that. His name is Derek Taylor. The Backbench was created to have deep, nuanced, and yes, often differing conversations about Canadian politics and policies. I don't agree with everyone on the panel, but we're able to sit around a Zoom and talk to each other. That's what I did this week with Derek. He's a white guy who uses he-him pronouns. He's 51, he's been married 29 years, and he has two sons, 23 and 26 years old. He told me he grew up dirt poor to a single mom in Saskatoon and served in the Canadian Armed Forces at 17, right out of high school. But now he considers himself upper middle class and lives in Alberta. I was really moved by my conversation with Derek. I think we both learned a lot from one another. I hope you all enjoy this and get some insights into the PPC support base while keeping in mind that Derek is only one of the 800,000-some Canadians who voted for PPC this election season. Hi, it's Derek. Hey, Derek. It's Fatima. How are you? It's been a busy week for me, so... Uh, it's five o'clock. I know it's seven o'clock your time and we're 15 minutes late, but I appreciate your patience while I work through my uh, technical issues. Can I ask you what you do? I work for a large multinational. I'm a service manager for, uh, the, the power industry. I fix power plants. Oh, amazing. So are you a electrical engineer as it were? Uh, more mechanical. Mechanical. Got it. My entire family is full of electrical engineers. So we might've had something to talk about. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's all power industry. I fix generators and turbines. So, Got it. Got it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for making time after a busy day. Before we even start, can you tell me how you first heard about the backbench and, and what got you uh, listening to us? Uh, on and off, I listened to Jesse on Canada Land. I, I, uh, I listened to him because he challenges me to think and then he pisses me off and I delete the <laughs> podcast. And then I come back a few days later, or, uh, you know, a month later, two months later and listen again and resubscribe. So I'm on and off with Jesse all the time. Uh, so that's probably a good thing. And then he recommended your uh, the backbench a couple times on off a couple of the shows. So I started listening, mm -hmm. and uh, I I found it refreshing. No, I appreciate you saying it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I, I appreciate it. So I, I want to go back to the moment where you wrote me the email. And can you right. sort of take me back to that instance? Well, yeah. I I was driving from, from Calgary to Edmonton. Uh, I, it's a trip to make frequently and usually nonstop apart from gas and Red Deer. And uh, I, I frequently listen to podcasts, whether it's yours or Canada Land or many others during that drive. And I'd listened to your entire program. And then right at the end, there was the comment where you guys started talking about the PPC. And I, it was you made the comment that they're racist. Mm-hmm. And that one struck me because I, I, I took offense to it, and I typically don't take offense to what I hear on the radio. It wasn't, and there was no justification around what you said, and so it, it bothered me. So it bothered me enough that I literally pulled over to the side of the road in a rest stop and wrote you that first email, which I think was rather long, but 
And I'd never done that before. I'd, I'd never stopped and emailed a, maybe when I was 20, I wrote a letter to the editor once or twice in the <laughs> newspapers back in the day. But it's been a long time since I uh, had a reaction like that. And I, I thought it was unfair, is, is what my original thought was, that comment. It was I felt it was flippant and without uh, without bias. So. Mm-hmm. And and hence I, I wrote the I wrote you the email the original email there saying that uh, I thought it was an unfair statement mm-hmm. because it it felt like you were calling me a racist. Mm-hmm. Well, I I wasn't. I was calling the party and and the platform and the ideas, uh, you know, racist. Right. I, w- I wasn't necessarily calling you uh, personally racist. But I, I wonder if you can talk me through why you felt that was an unfair characterization of the party. Well, I think the the party probably stands for a lot of different things to a lot of people, and and, and I, in that email, I uh, I freely admit, yeah, there's racist in the party, but let's be honest, there's racist in every party, there's racist everywhere. Uh, is there more in the People's Party as a percentage? I don't know. I haven't done a poll uh, of all the members of the Conservative Party and all the members of the Liberal Party, but um, I think why I challenge that a little bit is originally. When I joined the party back in the day, there, I, I don't think there was racist policies. There was questioning around why we make the decisions we make within government, and, and there was no, there was no, there's no, no way to have those conversations, right? I want to unpack the the issue that you just raised a little bit, but before I do, can you walk me through how you first encountered the People's Party and what first attracted you uh, to them? Well, where, where I lost it with the Conservative Party was after when Max Bernier originally lost uh, the leadership race at the convention and they elected Andrew Scheer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't happy with that um, convention, the way it went. And I, I, I'll be full disclosure, I've been a card-carrying CPC member for for a lot of years. Right? How, how many? As a member, at least 15, if not more, as a member. Uh, up until that point. So I was really unhappy with hap- what happened there. And, and, and in some of our email exchanges, you know, I said I was unhappy that Harper ran when he did against Trudeau in 15. He was past his best before date. He should have handed the reins off and had groomed a successor. But uh, I don't know if it was Pride or Hubris that took him into 2015 when there was no chance he was ever going to win. And then the Conservatives kind of fell apart from that after the thrashing from the 2015 Liberals. And then they didn't know what they were. Like, I don't think the Conservative Party still, know, still knows what they are, right? When do you think they lost their way? As, as what they believe in and what they stand for? I, I think there's no question when Harper was in power, you knew exactly what the Conservative Party was, right? What their thoughts were and what their beliefs were. Uh, and agree with them or disagree with them, that's a whole other conversation, but I don't think there was any question about what they, who they were and what they stood for uh, on there. And I think after that 2015 election, with no clear leader in the background, they struggled to find themselves about what they, who they were and what they wanted to be. The Liberal Party made that shift to the left and, and tried to pick up some of that NDP scope. They were, they were more NDP than the NDP were on some of their policies. Uh, and that left a void in the center. And I think the, the CPC thought they could move into that void and, uh, and pick up some voters. Mm. And, and I don't think they did it real well or that. I don't think they realized what they would do to the 
to the right of their party. And then just let me be clear. I am a fiscal conservative. I am not a social conservative, right, at all. I don't have a social mm-hmm. conservative bone in my body. But uh, you got to take the good with the bad. doesn't matter where you are. You're not going to agree with 100% of anything in any party. At that time, when you were sort of, you know, watching this unfold, what did you think the Conservative Party stood for that you disagreed with? Well, I didn't know what they stood for. And that was the problem is, where's your policy now? So when Scheer took over, what I noticed was their policy shifted back and forth. And it's really hard to get a feel for what your policy is. Uh, when you're in opposition, right? Because you've got four years as the in the opposition, you're not going to do a lot in that four years, except get ready for the next election. And then, uh, you know, two years in, nothing matters what you do. The last two years, or at least the last year especially, you better start defining yourself, who you are, what you believe in, and to get your base excited. And there was a lot of questions around Andrew Shear's leadership. There were some policy conventions where uh, there was some party infighting about where they wanted to go. Again, it felt like they were moving to the left to try to pick up that centrist vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's my impression of what happened there. And it, it, it felt like for a while there, everything that they did, before they made a statement, they went out and took a poll. What does the Canadian public want, want me to say? That's, that was my impression of Andrew Scheer, is he would trial balloon it somehow, whatever his statement was or whatever his position was. And if it got good press, that was my position. If it got bad press, I backed away from it. Rather than being a person of conviction, what do you believe in? What are you, what are you trying to drag me along? Why do I want to follow you, right? On the other end, you had Maxime Bernier, right? Did you l- like what you were hearing from him? I liked Max. I, I supported Max in the uh, in in that conservative convention that he lost the leadership on. And why did you support him? Because I liked his ideas. I thought that he was a true conservative, from a, a fiscally responsible conservative, and a non-social conservative. Like he's not a all of those taboo things that no one wants to talk about. Uh, he wasn't bringing them up, and he didn't talk about them. Such as? Uh, well, uh, abortion, immigration. Uh, any of those third rail political topics that the social conservatives latch on to, right? He wasn't about that, in my opinion, at the time. It was all fiscal. It was about fiscal and uh, uh, about being a bit of a charismatic leader. I thought he had some charisma over uh, Andrew Scheer. I mean, who are you going to put up against Justin Trudeau? Just in pure charisma, Bernier or Scheer? Who's going to do better? I think you know the answer to that one, or my opinion anyway. So I was a little disappointed. And then I felt Scheer was a social conservative, which I don't like. And then there was a couple other guys in there that were really social conservatives, like way more than uh, than Andrew was. That, And I can't support that. Uh, I, I, I don't buy into any of that, that, that policy, right? So how did you feel when Maxime Bernier lost that leadership race uh, by a very, very tight margin? I was disappointed. It just felt odd that he actually lost. He led every single poll or every single vote up until the last one that it flipped. So it kind of caught me off guard that Sheer came up and split the middle at the end of the day. Um, and then I was good with that. I mean, we had a new leader. We had Andrew Shear. The convention was done and then we moved forward, right? So we got to watch Shear in action and the Conservative Party in action for two years. Mm-hmm. And in that two years, that uh, um, 
it didn't look good for, from my standpoint anyways, right? Like for the state of the Conservative Party, you mean? Yeah. It was like you were never going to beat Justin Trudeau and his liberals at that point in time. And that was before any of the scandals came out against the liberals. So you were they were still riding a wave of popularity. Marijuana was going to get legalized. Uh, there was still hope of uh, proportional representation. Um, lots of good things coming out of the Liberal Party as far as general public was concerned that looked great. So, mm. uh, And then there was just, again, I don't see it personally, but just through the media, there was a lot of infighting in the Conservative Party by the appearance of it. And I'm, and I'm trying to remember, again, I'm going back in my mind, trying to remember what was the... It was the catalyst for Max. I remember his his scorched earth uh, resignation mm-hmm. speech. When I watched that, I, it just resonated with me, and, th- and that's where I mean, I wasn't a like a huge Max fan before that. I, I supported them in the leadership convention. I liked them. Uh, I was disappointed in how the conservatives were acting in Parliament, and then you saw the uh, the social conservative base kind of trying to take over. Mm. Which doesn't sit well, doesn't sell well with Canadians. Social conservative platform does not work in Canada, like it doesn't. So the Conservative Party at this time is in a tense state, and and Bernier yep. publicly leaves, and he said, I think, and and I think this is the part that I I believe you're referring to. Uh, his quote was, "It's the party who changed. I didn't change. I'm the same guy. I believe in the same ideas." Is that the sentiment that resonated with you? Yeah, I think probably that's what it was. Is, is is the party changed? It felt like we drifted. It wasn't the same conservative party that that I had been a member of and supported. What were they? Who were they? So I, I'd lost connection with them, with the party. Well, let me ask you something. So Bernier then starts the PPC. Are you like right. one of the early, like, do you sign up as soon as it's I announced? I did. Okay. Almost as soon as it was announced, I became a founding member. Walk yes. me through that. How, uh, like, did you get a notification? Like, do you get an email? Like, how does that happen? Uh, I, no, I wouldn't have gotten an email or a notification. It would have been after, after Bernier's resignation. And then it was a few weeks later, he actually started the party and I probably would have searched it out at that point in time. I would have been looking for it. Got it. Because at that point I was, I was for whatever reason, and I can't remember all of the reasons. I just know I was done with the conservative party as they stood because I didn't recognize them anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. And you didn't like the Liberals or the NDP or any of the other options? No, again, so politically, I'm probably more libertarian bent than than anything else. Like you, you hear me say, I'm not a social conservative. Live and let live. Do what you want to do. You can't have a pure libertarian society or libertarian government because nothing would ever get done. And, uh, you know, a school would never get built and a road would never be straight because everybody would do their own thing. But overall, that's my, my personal view, right? Uh, but you need some social structure around that. So um, never been a, I voted liberal in the past or in my younger years. Um, one of the candidates I liked it at the time, almost voted for Paul Martin. I was really excited about Paul Martin when he took over from Chrétien, mm. um, but didn't at the time, I think I might've voted reform at that point in time. Don't remember. But I uh, was excited for Paul Martin to take over from Kretchen. I didn't care for Kretchen, but I was really happy with Martin as a uh, finance man- minister. I thought he did a great job. So you sought the PPC out, knowing that Maxime Bernier was going to start a new party. Um, yep. And then you sign up. What is your role? 
just joined the party. That's all I did to start with. Step one was fill out the paper or, you know, send them my 20 bucks and join the party. I don't even think he took money the first time. It was free membership to start with, if I remember correctly. And and then when, how do you get involved in the writing association? Um, so we're members or I'm a member of the party and somebody or because there's an election coming and somebody organizes a a riding meeting and I don't even know who that was but somebody did and so there was a mail out that went to all the members in the in the riding area and I showed up and there was a group of people there that I resonated with right and it was a multicultural group it wasn't all middle-aged white guys sitting around in a room it wasn't a very big meeting it was probably 20 people 25 people that first gathering when whoever organized it and I don't know it might have been through um, like the national organization found some people locally to get things going. Mm. And then, so out of that, we formed an EDA or, ha- uh, you know, talked about having another meeting. And uh, at that point, this is the first time I ever stepped forward and said, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put my name forward to, to be president of the EDA if we get one set up. Mm-hmm. Never done that before. Never been involved in an EDA before. It was just, it was exciting and it was different. Again, when you look at the basic principles, and I'm not going to go into every statement that Max said, but when you say personal responsibility and freedom, um, that resonates with me. It's like, that's all I want, right? Like, that's what I want my, from my government is respect, freedom, and, and a level of personal responsibility. Now, I'm good to go after that, right? So that resonated with me, that, that, that initial platform statement. It wasn't very deep. Derek, can you unpack that for me a little bit? So, so what does personal responsibility mean here? Well, that comes into my libertarian beliefs, right? So you, you believe that government shouldn't be actively involved in, in all levels of society. Is that it? I 100% believe that, especially the federal government. I think my municipal government should be involved in my town and my how my town is set up and how my community is organized and where the roads go. And I think my provincial government should be involved in what their preview is, education, health care. And then I think my federal government should deal with international affairs. And too often the federal government is stepping in on provincial affairs. Every policy they bring out really is to do with provincial jurisdictions, right? They're overstepping their, their bounds. So when the government says, we're going to do that, we're going to introduce you know, $10 a day daycare. That's not the responsibility. We're going to... Uh, fix health care. It's not their responsibility. They're all provincial government responsibilities. So that, I, I believe that, and I think there's a, a, a bit of personal responsibility that goes into all of that. I'm not, uh, so when I hear the opposite of personal responsibility is socialism to the, to the in my opinion, is, is what that would be. So, and I, I feel well, that's where the the new Liberal Party is more socialist than the old Liberal Party with policies and wanting to be all things to everybody. The NDP always have been, but it's easy to be socialist when you're never going to form government. So let me ask you something. This is the first time you sign up to be the director of uh, a local writing association. Yep. You feel very strongly about the, the PPC platform. What work did you do for them while, while you were a director? Other than get the, I don't know if you've ever been involved in setting up an EDA. It's not a, it's a bit of work, but not a ton of work. It's just, uh, so as the president, uh, it was 
you know, chair the meetings, the few meetings that we had. And uh, with the whole point of setting up the EDA was to get some fundraising set up, an organization of, of volunteers structured in order to encourage a candidate to step forward. And in my mind, once the candidate stepped forward, you basically turn the EDA over to the candidate. Mm-hmm. And then the candidate has their people and then they run with it, right? So I wanted to make it easy to attract a candidate that would run with it. I had no interest in running for politics or being a, you know, an MP or um, or anything along that line. That was never going to happen on my side. But despite that, you still supported the PPC? Uh, support is, a, is, yeah, I guess, yeah, because I didn't support anybody else. So was I rallying? No. Was I writing checks? No. Was I still president? Yeah, in name only, just because I was hoping somebody would take it over. So again, I'm not I'm not so ideological bent, and I think that's why you that comment that originally struck us off mm-hmm. is that there's this impression that all of these PPC people, people supporting the PPC, that five percent of the voting public, which turned out, which is what it turned out to be, I think after the election, yep. are all the rabid right wing, Trump loving ideologues, right? I mean, for sure, there's there's a few of them that are. And we saw them in the media. Those are the ones we saw in the media. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of normal, everyday people of all stripes. They're not all white. Uh, there's some immigrants and there's some some indigenous people that I'd met through this that supported the party. They just want something different. They want something better. Mm-hmm. And I think there was some hope that we would get better. And... I'll be honest. Do I have hope that we'll be better? I don't know. Do I ever expect the PPC to form government? No. So why support them if you don't think they'll form government? It, like, it sounds like, can I, can I tell you what I think? Can I tell you what it sounds like to me? Sure. It sounds like yep. to me that you have these beliefs about the role of government and you couldn't find a home for them. Initially, the PPC was that home for them. But now it sounds like, you know, the PPC can't really deliver on the ideas and policies that you want to see in this country. So I'm wondering why would you still support them instead of maybe finding some other political party that then might understand where you're coming from and might deliver what you want? Because I don't see it. If it was there, I would. And that's, that's the whole problem, right? So there's no other Canadian leader that inspires you the way that Maxime Bernier did at the beginning. At the beginning, so let's 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 unpackage that, right? So Maxime Bernier at the beginning when he wanted to do something different, right? And no, I haven't seen that. Again, you had 2015 Trudeau mania again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't buying that. I, I didn't buy into that, but a lot of people did, right? He excited a lot of people, and a lot of people are still excited by them. I don't understand that. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, you're right. Uh, do, do I have some place to go, a home? No, I'm lost. I'm in the wilderness. Which, as part of our other conversation, I, my apathy is now I, like I feel politically agnostic now, mm. <laughs> right? Can I talk to you about some of the? Um Things people say about the PPC, like, you know, the, the comment that I made, the PPC is racist. That's that's sort of yeah. what this party is associated with. So can we get into that for a little bit, if you don't mind? Sure. Okay. I, you know, I, we can talk about it. I don't know what I can offer on that, but sure. Well, I'd be interested to hear 
um, what you have to say about this because I've always had concerns. And, and Derek, let me tell you a little bit about myself, okay? I'm, I'm a Muslim person. I'm 29 years old. I've lived in Canada for 10 years. That's when I moved here. Um, and when I heard and read some of the PPC's ideas in their party platform, I was scared. Because for me, I interpreted it as, you know, the PPC doesn't want someone like me coming to Canada ever again. Right? Whether that's true or not, that's how I felt. And I've got a lot of notes here, you know, uh, that suggest that the PPC has supporters who also believe in these um, racist ideas, for lack of better phrasing, and and also that some of the policies that Maxime Bernier has espoused, some of the candidates have espoused on the campaign trail in 2019 and this year and this past election are borderline, if not explicitly, racist. So now I'm also a journalist, so I want to do my research, and, and I'm wondering if you maybe can help me uh, understand some of this or and if you can't that's okay too but but I'm hoping we can talk about it is that okay certainly Maxime Bernier claims not to be a racist um, but then has also said and I'm quoting him now that racists are not welcome in this party but the party has many personal connections to noted white supremacists so you know the founding members of the party have been uh, connected to neo-nazi groups uh, soldiers of Odin Pegata Canada. Uh, and then since the party was founded, they have had a policy of ending multiculturalism, reducing immigration levels, um, rhetoric which further attracted um, white supremacists. They also want to repeal the Multiculturalism Act, and they emphasize instead the integration of immigrants into Canadian society. I believe one of the policy proposals was you have to do a face-to-face -face interview um, and prove that you sort of are, um, you believe in Canadian values and societal norms. That's a quote from the platform. Bernier has been photographed with many uh, white supremacists um, over the years. He hasn't denounced uh, the Christchurch uh, shooter, for example, who killed 41 Muslims and who was connected to the Quebec mosque shooting. What do you think about all of this when, when this happens or when you read it in the PPC platforms? You've probably thought about it more than I have. Just, <laughs> just, I, 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 I kid you not. Like when you lay all of that out, you know, it, it's more thought to uh, to what Bernier said and done than I've probably given. I remember. I mean, go see Bernier somewhere. See how easy it is to get a picture with him. It's not like any of the other. You can walk. Anybody can walk up to him and get a picture with him. It's that. It's very very simple. Do I honestly believe that he said, oh, let me get this picture with the son of Odin? He didn't know who they were. Um, I, I strongly believe that. Does he attract them? For sure. And I, I freely admitted that earlier, that there is definitely a part of the party that I think attracts that. I don't support that. Um, but I think my goal is, I mean, I is bring bring the the... The government back to the middle ground again. If I can push back a little bit, yep, when I certainly. tell you those things, does that not concern you that you're supporting or have supported in the past a party that is so strongly related to some of those ideas? But who's relating them to those ideas? 
the party is. is Maxime Bernier is associating himself with these people. It's in his platform, Derek. Like, I I looked it up. I, I read the platform closely. It says in the platform that Canadian immigrants must do a face-to-face interview uh, to prove their Canadian values and societal norms. Like, it's written plain as day. No, understood. Um, I don't have an answer for that. That's fair. I, I don't have an answer for that. Does it make me uncomfortable? I, I think if you touch on the immigration portion of it, and, and, and I, I talked about this before, I'm a big supporter of immigration, and I think we need immigrants. And uh, But the question we never seem to ask is, how many immigrants are required? Um, and I don't know the answer to that, but we keep, we can't seem to have that conversation. I take your point. Maybe maybe we need to have a serious conversation about immigration, and that's what the PPC is trying to do. But I, d- I don't think that's happening constructively in their platform. I think it's happening through a slightly racist lens, um, in the in, at least in the way that they frame some of these policies, if that makes sense. Yeah, because policy without substance. Uh, the PPC is guilty of it fully, right? Um, <laughs> So you have a policy statement without substance, yet when you talk to people about it, or early on, again, during that 2019 election, I, I, I met Max a few times out in the riding area um, and attended events with him where he talked about that stuff in his speeches, and he probably did a better job of explaining why um, than the policy statement does. And perhaps that's where I'm getting maybe some rose-colored glasses with it. Uh, mm on the whole thing is as I think back again, I'm, I'm going back to, you know, 2019, three, four years ago, as I think, think, think through everything. Again, I was a lot more excited in 19 during the first election, a lot less, I had trouble bringing myself to vote this election, to be honest, but I got out and voted. And did you um, vote for the PPC? Um, yeah, I did. I, I, I supported my, my local candidate who I liked on that one. So did, was it a vote for the party? I think it was a vote for the candidate. I liked the candidate. Uh, and I, I said I couldn't vote liberal um, as long as Justin's leader of that party. That'll never happen. You're making an in- interesting distinction right now between party and candidate. Have you become yeah. a little disenfranchised by the PPC? Oh, t- I guess, yeah. I, I'm a, I, and not just the PPC. I'm disenfranchised with Canadian politics in general. But weren't PPC sort of the answer to that for you? Like, how did that? How did you lose that sort of sense of hope they, they gave you? I, I, I think... The PPC gave me a glimmer of hope when that started. Like it was different. It was a simple policies. It was um, easy to buy what they were selling. Uh, and, and maybe I didn't look deep enough into the uh, the full policies. But I mean, you could I could challenge anyone that voted in the last election whether they read anybody's platform front to back. Um, so I was excited the first time around. I thought we could make a difference and uh, fix the integrity problem in Parliament. And I think there's an integrity problem in Parliament with all of the parties, not just not just uh, the main leader there. I get a little bit of hope every once in a while that things are going to be different and then uh, reality sets in and, and politics goes back to the way it was. Uh, it's all about getting elected next it's everything i do is to get elected next time it has nothing to do with good policy do you think maxime bernay doesn't have that goal i don't know if he has that goal or not i can't speak for max i was looking at a party that was 
right of center and not extreme right, because uh, I don't believe they're extreme right, but right of center, uh, filling the gap where, you know, your blue Tories used to sit and had hoped that that, because we, there was nothing happening within the conservative party itself to bring the conservatives back into line where they needed to be in my mind. Right. So let's go outside and try to drag the whole system back by putting pressure on the right. That was my, that's my, my whole theory with everything mm-hmm. is to bring balance back. How, if, if, if that party doesn't exist, right. If that party doesn't exist, how do you bring things back into balance? And in my, and again, for me, politically, it's out of balance. Other people will disagree with me. I know that. And we can have that conversation that maybe it needs to be more left or more right. But I, I just see things shifting off center. No, I get that. In a, in a democratic system, you need a strong opposition. So I understand what you're saying. I guess, can I ask you a very blunt question? Certainly. Do you think, you know, so I have three pages of notes here, which, which connect uh, the PPC to, uh, of evidence connecting the PPC to, you know, the statement that I made that made you stop your car, that, that they're racist. I wonder if you think the white supremacists that we've seen pop up in PPC rallies or that Maxime Bernier hung out with on election night or, you know, have also run for the party, uh, some of whom are candidates, you know, this year. Um, Do you think they'll influence the policies of the PPC? Do you think they'll muddy them in some way? You know, the same policies that got you excited at first? No. And there's a reason for this. And, 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 you know, um, some of the PPC members will hate me for saying this, but it's Max's party. All the party, all the policies are Max's. The party doesn't have a constitution. The party hasn't had a policy convention. The party hasn't done anything. So are they going to influence Max? Maybe. I doubt it. Um, and, but that's part of the problem with the PPC right now is that they, they, they haven't established themselves as anything beyond, uh, you know, Max's party, right? Do you think Max is going to have a more difficult time talking about his ideas if because he seems to be actively associating himself with that with this group you know with this group of white well I, I think and here, here's here's the problem that i think is happening and it's the definition of clickbait if max was moderate and easygoing would he get any press at all i i don't think so and, and, but and he doesn't I'm not have to. He, he doesn't have to be extreme or racist or Islamophobic either to get in the headlines, right? Well, that's what's getting him in the headlines, though, isn't it? So you're saying it's a self-fulfilling circle? I, I think it is. If, if you look at it, you know, if I start looking at it deeper and and seeing, you know, the, one of the things I'm enjoying about our conversation or the interview, uh, I thought I'd rather think of it as a conversation. Is is that? Hey, you're challenging me to think more, and I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the conversation and and what's around it. So, yeah, Max is Max is enjoying notoriety, I think, uh, from some of these situations, and he gets to downplay it, and and I think it gives him press. Again, if 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 he didn't have any of those extreme elements around him or looking at them, would he get any press at all? And I'm not justifying it. I'm just going to ask the question: Isn't 
any press better than no press, whether, you know, there's no such thing as bad press. I hear the idea that you're saying, but I'm, then I'm my follow-up then is, is the party deliberately attracting white supremacists for clickbait then, for the headlines? I don't know if deliberately. I, I won't say that they're deliberately touting them, but I'm not speaking for the party. I'm just looking at it from a distance now. Is, are they doing a good enough job of dissuading it or walking away from it? You could probably argue that they're not. Should they be? Is that their intent? Should they be? Probably. I would say, yeah. I think they need to distance themselves. And when you call, when you ask anybody in the, in the, in the leadership roles, I think they, they disavow it right away. I have followed Maxime Bernier for several years now, and, and some of the tweets that he says, some of the things he says on social media or, or in interviews, um, makes me question whether he understands things like systemic discrimination, things like Islamophobia and, and racism and so forth. Would you, do you think he understands them? Do you think he has a finger on, on, on how deeply ingrained they are in Canadian society? I would say, and again, you, you're uh, you're asking me to speak for Max, and but I would say he probably well, you've interacted doesn't. with him more than I have. I'm sorry, I, you don't yeah. have to answer, of course. Yeah, no, no, I, I, and I would say he probably doesn't, and that's just based on a social economic policy, right? Mm-hmm. Max, I think, comes from a fairly well-off family originally, a family of lawyers. He's a lawyer himself, white male in Quebec, um, at a higher social economic standard. Yeah, he probably doesn't even realize that there's um that that's a real thing racism is a real thing systemic racism is real growing up he probably never saw it again i'm making assumptions here but uh just looking at you know upper middle class white male in canada professional probably has never experienced it Mm -hmm. for very little and you know you could say that about a lot of people right a lot of leaders Mm-hmm. That's fair. I did do some Google lawyer talking, and, and it seems like he has kicked out a few candidates for, for, for being racist, but apologized for others. So, for example, for one candidate who had racist tweets, he said it was a mistake, but he never sort of removed him from the party or, or anything like that. So it, it it's unclear, I guess, is that, and that's why I, I pose the question to you. So I appreciate you answering. Yeah. So, I, again, so let, let's go to Twitter for a second. How easy is it to say something stupid on Twitter? It's it's pretty easy, right? But if you're the leader and of a political party, if you're the leader of a so, and here's 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 the problem, right? The leader of a political party shouldn't be saying stupid shit on Twitter, yet he does. Um, and I think a lot of the tweets. I don't think Max actually makes a lot of those tweets. I think that people within the head office have his Twitter account. I could be wrong on that, but I'm going to bet a lot of those tweets are from somebody within his office, and you know. Shame on them. Uh, and then shame on him for not fixing it. Like, I, I can't, I'm not going to defend racist tweets or racist anything. I can't do that, right? Mm. Um, but that's not everything. You can't just, if, if we were going to, if you're going to focus on Max for just that, then let's have the same conversation about the challenges with Justin Trudeau, the challenges with Jagmeet Singh, right? So you're suggesting that Maxime Bernays is playing a role? I think they're all playing a role to a certain degree. I think there's a little bit of realism in all of them. Except there's a danger it, it, here, right, Derek? Like the role that Maxine there is. Bernier has that's, adopted that's my is whole, dangerous. That's my whole point. It's, it's dangerous everywhere. And people are tired of it. I think that's the problem is people are tired of it. And and I was he playing a role when he started? I don't know. 
like, and again, that's where I got into it when he started. Was he playing a role at that point? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he was coming across as real. And then, then they started overthinking stuff for press and to get it. So look, well, look, have a look at it. How has it worked out for them? Oh, they went from 1.8. They went from 1.8% vote the first time around. They got over five this time around. But Derek, I know you're. I know you're saying that statistics as a possible victory for the PPC, but that statistics also terrifies me, right? Because we're at a yes. point where there are a much higher percentage of people publicly associated with white supremacy connected to the PPC voting for the PPC, and I, I know we can't directly link them to the policies that will be in the PPC's platform. But are, are you suggesting that the five percent of the people that voted for Max? Are white supremacists? That the whole, that's a party of white supremacists? Not at all. I'm suggesting that yeah. I'm suggesting that there has been a lot of research into some of the supporters and a lot of the candidates that have run for PPC that do that are associated mm-hmm. with white supremacist ideologies. I don't think it's a hundred percent across the board at all. I can't say that. I haven't spoken to all of them, and 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 that would be unfair of me to characterize them as all racist. I'm just saying that there is a higher percentage of those that we know are connected to white supremacy attached to the PPC than other parties. That's all. That are visible. And I don't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that because it's, it's probably true mm. that the percentage, because, but those people didn't just appear. Where were they before? Mm-hmm. They were noisy and politically active before within other parties, primarily the conservative party. So, you know, some people are happy that the PPC split because it took all of that with them, or their assumption is that it took all of that with them. But anybody that believes that there's those those white supremacist, racist people don't exist in other parties are, I think, are very naive. It's systemic. It's a systemic problem. And systemic means all-encompassing, not specific to a party. So let me ask you something, Derek, because we're kind of like, Going around in circles. I appreciate your yeah. point of view, and I appreciate you answering my questions completely. And I agree with you. This has been a, an educational conversation for me, as uh, I hope it has been for you. But uh-huh. after everything that we've talked about, has this changed your mind about PPC at all? Y- yes, pr- probably. Let me let me put it that way. Probably. And I'll come back to why this election I supported the PPC. It's not so much that I support all of their policies. I support kind of the ideal of, of something different and doing politics different. I like that concept. Are they doing it well? Nah, probably not. But again, my whole hope is that we can get some balance. The pendulum will come back again a little bit to the center. And how you can't get the pendulum back unless you pull on it. So it's got to be a little bit uncomfortable. And unfortunately, is there another option besides the PPC? to pull the pendulum back to the right a little bit. Because if there is, let me know and I'll go, I'll go support it. <laughs> Maybe you'll start it, Derek. I don't have that much energy. I really don't. <laughs> that was my interview with Derek Taylor, a PPC voter and former writing president. I think we both changed each other's minds. My deep thanks to him for reaching out and taking the time to speak to me from Alberta. Remember, he's just one man who supports the PPC and explained why. And I'm really looking forward to maybe someday having a coffee with him if I'm ever in Calgary. I'm Fatma Sayed, and you can find me on Twitter at Fatma B. Sayed. 
Let me know what you thought about that interview. Do you want us to have more of these long-form interviews? Do you want to speak to us about your voting preferences and, and your concerns about Canadian politics? Email us at backbench at CanadaLand.com or get at us on Twitter. We're at BackbenchCast. We're still catching up on sleep, so we'll see you soon.